0: For 45 years, people have relied on Village Green Apothecary to give them individualized nutrition, pharmacy, and healthy living products. Village Green will give you the kind of person-to-person help and attention that mass market pharmacies have long ago forgotten. You can depend on us for knowledge, experience, product selection, and a smile. Visit Village Green in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane. Call us at 301-530-0800 or check out our website at
1: myvillagegreen.com. We're here to help you. Welcome to the Essentials of Healthy Living on 1500 AM brought to you by Village Green apothecary located at 5415 West Cedar Lane in Bethesda, Maryland. I'm Dana Lake, and I'm your host for the show, and I alternate with Dr. Kevin Passaro, and we try to bring you a lot of solid and cutting-edge information all about you and your health. We are here every Sunday morning at 10 a.m., and you can tune in next Sunday for Kevin's interview with Ginger Nash on eating for your blood type. Now, the show is streamed through myvillagegreen.com, so you can visit the site to hear previous radio shows. And just a reminder that Village Green has a fabulous sale. It's their big summer sale, and it's going on now through July 21st. 30% off Pathway Nutrition Products, that's their own brand, 25% off other supplements, and 20% off body care products. Now we have a very interesting topic today, nutritional complications and deficiencies associated with common food sensitivities. And we're speaking with Tom Voltaire. And Tom is a colleague and a friend. We've lectured together. His bachelor's and master's of science in nutrition came from Bastille University, where he studied. He's licensed by the state of Washington as a certified nutritionist. And Tom travels throughout the U.S. and Canada. He lectures at conferences on topics such as vitamin D, gluten intolerance, digestive health, and many other issues. What he does does is he empowers people through his classes seminars and private counseling with insight his depth of knowledge on the biochemical interactions within our body and their relationship to our diet so welcome to the show tom
2: Dana, what an honor to be on this radio show with you. I'm a huge fan, and it's been a joy working with you in the past, so I'm looking forward to today.
1: Yes, yes. Well, we, we're kindred spirits here in, <laughs> in this subject of nutrition, and we're talking about the nutritional complications and also food sensitivities. and. This issue of uh, sensitivities and allergies, uh, just to differentiate for our listeners, that there are allergies, the ones you're used to are type 1 histamine releasing. It's pretty obvious when you have that allergy. There are three other types that are hidden and delayed, and then there is a whole universe of sensitivities and intolerances, and that's what we'll be talking to Tom about today. So Tom... You can take it from there as far as this term sensitivities and tolerances, and we'll keep rolling. Oh, you bet. So
2: basically, a sensitivity or an intolerance basically means your body is trying to take in a particular food and determine whether or not it's going to be a friend or a foe and whether or not it can actually literally tolerated and what we're seeing is so many more people these days due to an increase of environmental exposures so whether it's due to the air pollution whether it's due to the plasticizing agents that they're using their cosmetic pro- uh, products whether it's due to some of the fragrances that they're exposed to, whatever it is, it's modulating their immune system function. It's modulating their digestive system function. And instead of recognizing normal food compounds as something they could feel totally familiar with, they're seeing them and going, oh, a little alarm, something is wrong. I'm going to cause upset in the digestive tract. So what does that mean? Let's kind of back up just a little bit here and say, okay, Dana, what happens in a normal situation with somebody? Well, normal situation, right? Somebody would uh, look at food, smell food, and would start the whole digestive process. They would start secreting salivary enzymes. They would start getting their actual gastric acid increasing. They would start preparing for bile secretion and preparing the gallbladder and the pancreas to secrete enzymes. And as they're chewing, 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 they would swallow. 18 seconds later or less, maybe eight seconds, depending on the person, maybe two seconds if you're inhaling, (laughs) you get food into your stomach. And you're going to swish, 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 swish. And you would have this gastric acid in there that's at a pH similar to battery acid. Right? We're at a 1.6. We're below somewhere uh, below 2. And at that pH boy, can you dissolve stuff. Oh my gosh. You can take a, a tooth and put it in a, uh, a, I don't recommend this. Don't do this at home, but you could take a tooth and you could put it in a container of battery acid and you could watch that dissolve relatively quickly. Now, yeah, you want that. You want a lot of acid, not only to break apart. So what breaking up? Okay. Digestion, breaking from large to small. So you want to break apart your foods and you want, battery acid in your upper your gut your your stomach to actually break apart these things and at the same time we're bringing in information from the outside world food is fascinating right it's a bunch of trapped energy all over the place that we're going to break apart and we're going to now break it into individual constituents fatty acids carbohydrates peptides little amino acid fragments that from our proteins And we want to take those, and we want to use them as building blocks for all the tissues in our body. Well, in order to get them to that place, we've got to break them down. So, yeah, the stomach acid is going to help us do that. After we swallow, get in the stomach, the next stop is going to be then the upper duodenal area, in the duodenum, upper jejunum, where, okay, we broke apart this stuff pretty good, but we're going to continue to do that with the help of a few different things. We're going to help with the bile from the gallbladder. We're going to help with the pancreatic enzymes from the pancreas. And it's interesting. The upper intestinal tract is where we sense what kind of foods are coming in, right? Are there these cells up there sampling? They're looking at it and saying, ah, I see these free fatty acids coming. Oh, I better signal that gallbladder to help me break those apart. How can I digest them? How can I break those from large to small? Well, I will use a detergent-like substance called bile. And I will squirt that onto this oily, fatty goo, and it'll split into a thousand pieces. You know, Dana, the analogy I like to use is like it's like a Dawn detergent, right? Where they show the old commercials with a greasy sink, and you spray in the the uh, the, the detergent, and it splits, splits <laughs> all those little fat globules into little teeny little you know things on top of the uh, the sink. And you go, oh wow, it's that's doing a great job of breaking apart those fats. It's called emulsification, It's emulsifying those fats. So I went from large globules to teeny globules, and those are a lot easier to incorporate and digest into my system. Ah, very important step. Another important step is that the exact same time that, that the bile is getting released, pancreatic enzymes are getting released. And what pancreatic enzymes are we concerned about for the actual digestion, the breaking apart of fats? It would be called a lipase enzyme. So the lipase will help cleave some of those bonds in those fats, break them into teeny teeny little pieces, and then we can actually incorporate those into something called micelles and absorb them. Without those two processes there, it's a really tough time to get in fat soluble nutrients like A, D, E, K, coenzyme Q10, essential fatty acids coming from fish oils, the omega-3 fatty acids that everybody's thinking about. Really tough to get those in if we're not having adequate bile secretion, if we're not having adequate lipase secretion coming from the pancreas. And you and I both know, come on, there are certain populations out there who have very poor secretion of these enzymes. Like we were just learning about the autistic kids. Maybe up to 80% of the general autistic population may be deficient in some of these pancreatic enzymes. Well, it's interesting because what happens then If we're going to have a food sensitivity, where is this interaction going to take place? Well, it's possible that some of the interaction can take place up in the stomach. And if it's happening up in the stomach, let's look back. We said, what do we need up there? We needed this battery acid upgrade, right? And a lot of people who had food intolerances, food sensitivities, whatnot, they're reacting to these foods, and it's causing some sort of gastric upset. Maybe they're having additional gas, additional bloating. Maybe it's leading to some sort of insufficiency of gastric acid, some sort of irritation of the lower esophageal sphincter. So what can we see as symptoms? We'll see gas. We'll see bloating. We'll see gastroesophageal reflux disease. So, uh uh-oh, what's the first thing? If anybody goes into their doctor and says, Hey, I, oh, oh, doc, I've got this gastroesophageal reflux disease. You know, oh, what am I supposed to do? One of the most prescribed medications is going to be these proton pump inhibitors and H2 blockers. Right? And those
1: those are the antacids. Um, and I'm so glad you're bringing this up, Tom, because as soon as people take in the antacids, boom. Digestion, proper digestion just halts.
2: Well, for a second, right, Dana? I mean, my goodness. These medications are designed to mm-hmm. knock out the secretion of gastric acid. Now, we, there's a reason why nature put battery acid on the first stop from the outside world to the inside world. Of course, Everything you're gonna take in from the outside world can be laden with bacterium, it could be laden with fungus, it could be laden with viruses, it could be laden with parasites. The, the the body doesn't know. It wants to protect itself. It wants to say, look, you've got to pass this battery acid first before you come inside this body. So, yeah, it'd be great to break it all apart. It'd be great to burn up any organisms you don't want. That's awesome. Let's let's take care of that first. Well, you can do that at a pH of 1.6, 1.7, even 2. But you know what happens within two weeks of taking proton inhibitors and H2 blockers? Your pH goes from a 1.6 to 2, somewhere around there, hopefully less than 2. And you'll go all the way up to a 5. That's like saying you've got battery acid, and then all of a sudden you have acetic acid. How do you know acetic acid? Everybody knows acetic acid is table vinegar. A pH of 5 is the exact pH that you'll have in table vinegar. So, you know, once again, don't do this at home. But if you were to take a challenge and put in a container battery acid and another container vinegar, and you were trying to dissolve nutrients, like let's say you were to take anything that had calcium in it, or you were to take anything that had iron in it, and you're trying to break apart that substance and access those minerals, and then activate that mineral in a very proton-rich, a very acid-rich environment, oh my gosh, you cannot do that at a pH of 5. It doesn't work very well. So a lot of these people who are coming in with these gastroesophageal reflux issues due to their food sensitivities, the first thing they're getting at their doctor's office is these propion- pump inhibitors and HD blockers. Well, what do we know? We know that there are some really important nutrients that need this gastric acid in order to be digested and absorbed. Okay, first stop. What are you, you going to think of? You're probably going to think of B12. I mean, this is, there's documentation of B12 insufficiencies on patients who have been on these proton pump inhibitors and H2 blockers for an extended period of time. There are so many steps from B12, right? I mean, my gosh, you've got to take it away from its food first, right? You have to activate something called intrinsic factor in the stomach at a particular pH and then at a particular pH you're going to have to separate something called an R protein that also needs a pancreatic enzyme secretion. There's all these complicated steps. Well, B12 goes.
1: We know um, that. Let me ask you Tom, on the, uh, the B12 yeah. um, I th- I'd like to go emphasize more of that and we're running out of time for this segment so yeah, sure. in the second segment I think this is so important because uh, most professionals miss it, and certainly most uh, lay people do. So if you're just tuning in with us, folks, this is The Essentials of Healthy Living on 1500 AM, brought to you by Village Green Apothecary. Stay with us. We'll be right back after this break with more interesting information on nutritional complications and deficiencies associated with common food sensitivities. MegaFood Premium Whole Food Supplements are the only supplements
3: crafted from scratch with farm-fresh whole foods to deliver nourishment the way nature intended. MegaFood believes Mother Nature knows best. They select only fresh whole food, harvested at the peak of ripeness, handle it gently and with care to deliver its vital essence to you in every bottle. MegaFood, from farm to tablet.
5: is the easy way to get your Omega 3s every day. To learn more, visit Village Greed Apothecary or visit NordicNaturals.com. Nordic Naturals, committed to the planet
6: Gero Formulas, available at Village Green Apothecary.
7: Want to save money on vitamins, herbal remedies, and other health needs? Then visit Village Green Apothecary during the big summer sale. Now through July 21st, you can save big on vitamins, herbal remedies, and other nutritional products. Save 30% on the popular top quality Pathway brand. Save 25% on other supplements, and save 20% on body care products. At Village Green, they have just what you need for a healthier lifestyle. Stop by Village Green Apothecary's Big Summer Sale, 5415 West Cedar Lane in Bethesda, Maryland. Or shop online at myvillagegreen.com.
1: Welcome back, listeners, to the second segment of the Essentials of Healthy Living on 1500 AM. The show is brought to you by Village Green Apothecary, located at 5415 West Cedar Lane in Bethesda, Maryland. I'm Dana Lake, and I alternate the show with Dr. Kevin Passaro. And we really try to bring you a lot of good information, both solid and cutting edge, a wide variety for you, all about you and your health. And we are here every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. And next Sunday, Kevin will have an interview with Ginger Nash. They'll be discussing eating for your blood type. Very interesting topic. Now, the show is streamlined through myvillagegreen.com. And you can visit the site to hear previous radio shows. You can also visit uh, the store at 5415 West Cedar Lane they have a fabulous summer sale, and it goes on till July 21st, 30% off Pathway Nutrition Products, 25% off all other supplements, and 20% off body care products. Now, we've been talking with our guest, Tom Voltaire, who has his Master's of Science in Nutrition, Certified Nutritionist, and... We've been talking about the nutritional complications and deficiencies associated with common food sensitivities or intolerances. And in the first segment, we began with digestion because that's where a lot of these intolerances begin. And we were talking about antacids and the change of the pH from that necessary pH, as Tom explained, of up to you know one to to 2.0 we don't want to be much above 2.0 and when we take an acids we get close to 5 which digestion is not going to uh, proceed in a healthy manner, we are going to then maldigest and malabsorb a lot of nutrients, and we began that discussion with B12. So, Tom, let's talk a little bit more about B12 and the other nutrients that we miss just from taking antacids.
2: Absolutely well, you, you know dana it 's well documented that there 's a b12 issue interestingly enough there 's oftentimes a folic acid issue now, both of these nutrients uh, you know so well and you 've lectured on i 've heard your lectures have been beautiful on the neurological issues in, in children and adults, we ed, end up with an elevated homocysteine, which can be problematic in and of itself. So B12, yes, it needs that proper acid for multiple different steps in order for it to be ready for digestion and, uh, excuse me, it's part of the digestive process in order to be ready for absorption in the distal ileum. So there's a lot of different steps that it needs to go through. But interestingly enough, let's look at folic acid for a second, too. You know, there are multiple nutrients, Dana that have to have adequate acid coming from the stomach to allow for them to be absorbed properly. They have something called proton-dependent receptors in the upper intestinal tract. So we have things like iron, for example. We have things like folic acid. And it turns out in 2006, there was a beautiful article in Cell that was talking about, yes, you need adequate protons, you need adequate acid in the upper intestinal tract, in order to really activate these receptor sites, have a a co-binding at this receptor site and allow for the absorption of folic acid. But thankfully, there was a particular form of folic acid that was better absorbed at a broader range of pH, which was the the 5-methyl tetrahydrofolate. So the 5-MTHF that we're all familiar with now that a lot of supplement companies are moving towards, thankfully, because we're we're now finding the standard folic acid, of course, uh, does not necessarily get metabolized very well by certain individuals and can stay around in the system for an extended period of time and may cause um, some harm if it builds up in too high a level. So Looking for the actual active folate is an awesome thing, and we're we're seeing that okay we've got B12 we've got folic acid but if we don't have adequate acid what do we say the acid was good for we said it was good for breaking apart or destroying bacterium and viruses right so what we're finding in the literature is that C difficile the clostridium difficile associated diarrhea goes up in the population of people who are taking proton pump inhibitors and H2 blockers and we also see a community acquired pneumonia goes up oh okay so we have some of these organisms that we would normally wipe out inadequate acid but not necessarily when we're on these particular medications and we also see an increase of hip fractures Now, why would we see that? I mean, what do you need for for proper bone density? You're going to need minerals. So you're going to need your boron, you're going to need your calcium, you're going to need your magnesium, and at a particular pH, you can separate those minerals from food. You can get them at the correct charge and able to absorb. So holy smokes, there are so many different things that can go awry when you do not have adequate stomach acid. Now, one of the one of the pieces that's so important that people are forgetting about is that the stomach is meant to break pieces from large to small, right? It's the first stop of breaking pieces from large to small after you're chewing. So, okay, if we don't break them from large to small, we end up with larger protein fragments in the upper intestinal tract. Now, these larger protein fragments are fine if they just pass through and everything's okay, but if a person has a leaky gut due to the consumption of gluten, for example, or stress, for example, or, you know, excessive exercise, we're now seeing leaky gut being common in in these ultra-marathons and CrossFit environments where people are stressing themselves out, so that's, that's a stress response, we're allowing for a major cortisol release and it's causing this leaky gut or you're taking non-steroid anti-inflammatories, your aspirin and whatnot, if you allow for a leaky gut and you have these undigested proteins coming from an insufficient acid stomach,
1: guess what happens?
2: All of a sudden, you're exposing your immune system to larger protein fragments it would not normally see. So in 2005, I believe it was, in FASEB, there was a beautiful article that was talking about allergies, both food and airborne, prior to acid-blocking therapy and post-acid-blocking therapy. And they had a beautiful chart in there showing just a few things that a person reacted to prior to therapy. But after therapy, that chart just lit up. There were so many things that they were reacting to, milk and egg white and casein and potato and tomato, celery, all sorts of different things.
1: Now, Tom, I wanted to ask you in that article because I did not see that, so I'm so glad you're bringing this up. Were they talking about all the cluster of allergies and intolerances or just the IgE histamine releases.
2: This was primarily IgE histamine related. So they weren't even talking about the food sensitivities and tolerances. But what I'm trying to get at, Dana, is this is a feed-forward cycle. So if somebody starts reacting to one thing and for some reason they end up going in and getting medication because they're reacting to a particular food that's causing gastrointestinal upset. They end up getting put on proton pump inhibitors and H2 blockers. Then all of a sudden, guess what? They start reacting to more foods.
1: Makes sense.
2: Ah, so this is unfortunate, right? Because uh, then what what, what, ha- what happens there? I mean, basically, these people are 10.5 times more susceptible to IgE-mediated food reactions. And they are getting exposed to more potentially allergenic antigens by about a, a, a ratio of 10,000-fold. So you, you just all of a sudden took something that the body could normally recognize as a small fragment because it was broken down, left it as a large fragment, and then if you have some sort of leaky gut going on, oh, you're, you're sunk.
1: So well, Tom, let's talk about that leaky gut because that's, that is the crux, um, and I am glad that you brought it up. What... Causes leaky gut because that's what that's what listeners want to know, and that's certainly a question I get from patients a lot.
2: You know, I, I commonly see the most uh, people in my particular practice are are stress related initially. So uh, stress can cause a leaky gut. We know that. So the actual stress hormones themselves can cause and sure. yep, an increase the barrier. One of the, the things that I've been seeing since 2006, which is fascinating, is that not not just celiac people, not just gluten-sensitive people, but pretty much the entire general population has a mild case of leaky gut after the consumption of gluten.
1: <laughs> well, that makes a lot of sense. And I would also say the antibiotics and chemicals in the food. So we've got a pretty uh, broad attack on this gut. <laughs>
2: Oh, boy. Yeah, I was just listening to glyphosate roundup, Um, according to Don Huber, maybe causing some of the issues. And I'm so glad you brought up chemicals. They're all over the place when it comes to pesticide use, uh, when it comes to herbicide use, when it comes to, you know, air matter particulate. So air pollution itself can sometimes cause irritation in the intestinal tract, leading to a leaky gut. There are so many causes, basically. And really, it's super, super common. And gluten, you know, across the board, it doesn't matter if you have the genetics or not, appears to to lead to a uh, release of a protein called zonulin, which causes a pericellular junction to kind of open up a little bit, and that's a leaky gut. So there's so many different things that can actually cause it. And once we have it, what does that mean? It means that normally we have a barrier between the outside world and the inside world, that which is in the gut and that which is in our body. So the gut is an inner tube of life. It's an entire tube, but it passes from one end to the other. And you have to kind of selectively choose what you're going to allow into the body. Well, when you have a leaky gut, there's no more selection. Things are sneaking in.
1: It's like holes in the screen.
2: (laughs) Exactly. So you have these proteins that the body wouldn't normally be exposed to that haven't been digested very well in people who are not breaking them down in their stomach or their intestinal tract. And boom, they can launch these attacks towards them. And then we end up with more food sensitivities or intolerances. And it's, it's, or frank allergies. So there's lots of different things that can occur when we have this leaky gut. So it's great to kind of heal the gut. And you know, there's multiple different things people can do for that. They can reduce their stress. There's things like glutamine that seem to be very helpful. There's zinc that appears to be assistant. So uh, a lot of anti-inflammatories, the curcumin, the ginger, a lot of different things can kind of calm that gut down. So it's real important to consider that.
1: I'm glad you brought those up. And um, vitamin A?
2: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And the interesting thing is, once again, feed-forward cycle. Guess what goes down? Let's look at vitamin A for a second. What do you need for vitamin A to get absorbed? You need this swallowing of the chyme. Uh, You need to... the the, the dropping of the chyme through the lower esophageal sphincter, or or excuse me, the lower duodenal sphincter, and you're going to actually have in the upper duodenum jejunal area sensors that say, ah, I see the fatty acids in that food that contain that vitamin A. Let me give that gallbladder a call and say, hey, gallbladder, I need some bile to break apart these fats so I can get to that wonderful vitamin A. Hey, pancreas, I'm going to need some of that lipase, right? When you have food sensitivities, when you have an imbalance in the upper intestinal tract, some of the first cells that go are those upper intestinal cells. They get wounded due to an inflammatory response. The immune cells are confused. They're attacking the foods. They're secreting these protein, uh, breaking down uh, substances like metalloproteinases, And they'll start busting apart some of the cell walls around there in the intestines. So we
1: are, we're talking about the upper small upper intestine, intestine for those intestine. who are just tuning in. And we're going to carry that conversation in the next segment. If you've just joined us, you're with the Essentials of Healthy Living on 1500. I'm Dana Lake, your host, and we're talking with Tom Voltaire about food sensitivities and intolerances and the, the effects on nutritional deficiencies. Stay with us. We'll be right back after this break.
3: Whether you're an active baby boomer, a weekend warrior, or a professional athlete, Boron's Arnicare gel is the perfect solution to all life's little injuries. Arnicare, which contains the healing benefits of homeopathic Arnica Montana, can be used safely to treat muscle pain, stiffness, swelling, and bruising due to minor injuries, overexertion, and surgery. The non-greasy gel has no artificial colors, perfumes, or parabens. Arnicare is also available in cream and ointment formulas. You can find Arnicare at Village Green Apothecary in Bethesda. Visit Arnicare on the web at arnicare.com.
5: New from Garden of Life, Vitamin Code Raw Multivitamins. They are the only raw multivitamin to include live enzymes and probiotics, amino acids, and antioxidants. They are gluten and dairy-free with no soy allergens. Vitamin Code is uncooked, untreated, unadulterated, and binder-free. Vitamin Code Multivitamins from Garden of Life. Go beyond vitamins and minerals. Get the code, Vitamin Code. Now available at Village Green Apothecary and online at myvillagegreen.com.
0: Get the one tiny pearl that delivers big acidophilus, 900% more. Get acidophilus pearls from enzymatic therapy. Each little pearl-shaped capsule makes a big impact, delivering up to 900% more live probiotics to the intestine than other products. This revolutionary product, aids Digestion, supports a healthy immune system and is perfect for travelers who want to enhance intestinal health. This season, make sure to take the pearls that give you big acidophilus now available at Village Green Apothecary and online at myvillagegreen.com.
4: Staying mentally sharp means nourishing the mind as well as the body. That's why there's new Cognisure from Metagenics. Research shows that the active natural ingredient in Cognisure supports multiple mechanisms necessary for maintaining healthy cognition and a healthy brain as it ages. Cognisure is also easy to take in delicious, chewable chocolate tablets. Have a clear and bright future by maintaining mental capacity with healthy habits and Cognisure. Remember Cognizure for healthy brain aging support. Available through your healthcare professional and Village Green Apothecary.
5: Have you ever wondered why the cold and flu season occurs in the fall and winter months? One theory is because of a decrease in sun exposure, our bodies don't make enough vitamin D, which is essential to proper immune function. That's why medical experts recommend supplementing with vitamin D. Thorne Research's vitamin D products are made from pure vitamin D with no preservatives or unnecessary ingredients added.
2: Support your immune system with Thorne's vitamin D-1000 and D-5000. These
4: and
0: other immune-supporting formulas are always available at Village Green.
1: Welcome back, listeners, to the third segment of the Essentials of Healthy Living here on 1500 AM brought to you by Village Green Apothecary. Located at 5415 West Cedar Lane in Bethesda, Maryland, I'm Dana Lake and I alternate the show with my co-host, Dr. Kevin Passaro, and we really try to bring you some interesting information, solid information, and cutting-edge information. Now, we're here every Sunday morning at 10 a.m., and next Sunday, Kevin will interview Ginger Nash on Eating for Your Blood Type. A reminder that the show is streamed through myVillagegreen.com. Now our guest today is Tom Voltaire, Masters of Science in Nutrition. He is a certified nutritionist. He's a lecturer, an author, he's very talented, and we've been talking about food sensitivities and intolerances and the nutritional complications and deficiencies that are associated with those food. Uh, common food sensitivities we were talking about gluten and we were also talking about the second or third stage depending on where we start if we start in the mouth that's the first stage the second stage is the stomach third stage is the duodenum and that's where we are right now so take it away tom
2: yeah it's okay, Dana. so we're hanging out. We just are sampling the food in the duodenum that's coming out of that stomach, hopefully it's broken down and if if the upper intestinal tract uh, that duodenum area is intact and there's not a lot of inflammation there there's not a lot, everything's fine uh, you'll sample some of those foods and you'll send a signal to the gallbladder via a, a very important hormone that's called. Cholecystokinin, chole chole-bile, cysto-sac-kinin-mover, the bile-sac-moving hormone. And this particular hormone doesn't just move the bile-sac. It also talks to the pancreas and says, hey, pancreas, I'm going to need some of your wonderful enzymes to break down some of this food I'm seeing here. So it's primarily stimulated by peptides, amino acids, fats from your, your diet, so it's going to signal the gallbladder when it sees those fats. And it says, I need some of that wonderful detergent to split apart, emulsify these fats, gallbladder. Why don't you go ahead and squeeze yourself so I can get some of that wonderful bile in here and break apart this stuff. Did you know when somebody has upper intestinal, what's called enteropathy, so you have the Intestinal cells reacting to something. I don't care if it's gluten, I don't care if it's soy, I don't care if it's dairy, I don't care if it's a bacteriologic infection. But when you have those enteropathies in the upper intestinal tract, you can actually you can actually cut down the signaling of CCK because you're inhibiting the function of some of the eye cells that talk to um, that secrete the CCK and talk to that gallbladder and pancreas. So what am I saying? I'm saying if somebody has food sensitivities and those food sensitivities are causing an imbalance of inflammation in the upper gut or they have a bacteriologic infection or they have a parasitic infection, then they can actually impede the ability of the body to secrete bile, which helps to break apart fats, and um, secrete pancreatic enzymes, which help break apart fats and proteins and carbs and everything else. So you just talked about vitamin A. It's so important to get vitamin A for, for gut healing. Uh huh. D is real important too for modulating immune function. Yes. Essential fatty acids are incredibly important for modulating immune function. Absolutely. K indirectly is real important for multiple different functions in the body. So here we're looking at these, these fat soluble nutrients. And guess what? The first class of nutrients to go in a lot of my clients who have food sensitivities. Fat soluble nutrients. Because the, if the upper gut is irritated and they're not getting the gallbladder to secrete the bile and they're not getting the pancreatic enzymes, they, they really can't get these things in very well. It's
1: so important. when when we are antagonizing the gut with an acid, with uh, the modern SAD standard American diet, um, what we're doing then is what you're saying is we are reducing our ability to take in, absorb, utilize a lot of vitamins and minerals that help our gut be healthy. So this is a vicious cycle.
2: Exactly. That's the exact point I'm making is that, oh, my goodness, you know, it's, it's unfortunate but true. The exact thing that would uh, give us healing in the process is the exact thing that we can't absorb. So, yeah, that zinc, once again, is also acid dependent. So, yes, all all the things that we talked about for healing the gut. And, um,
1: Tom, let's go through some of the foods. we We talked about gluten, and I want to expand on that. But let's talk more about these food intolerances and also emphasize the difference between a food intolerance and a food allergy because the public gets those confused. And so they get an allergy test and they may be told, gee, you you don't have any problems or you have very few problems. And that has nothing to do with the intolerances and sensitivities that you're describing.
2: Absolutely. So Frank, IgE-mediated reaction is normally a histamine response that we're seeing quite obviously. So we're having some sort of uh, change of of breathing, we're having a rash or hives breaking out. We can recognize this uh, this reaction fairly quickly. So people know if they have a peanut allergy, for example, or a seafood allergy, for example. That's that's one aspect. A sensitivity reaction can vary. So uh, for example, I, I specialize, I see a lot of clients with uh, gluten and dairy sensitivities. And the most common symptoms I see are mood behavioral disorders in children. I'm seeing, you know, that boy the, the, the uh, either autistic behaviors are, are in major regression when they get exposed to these particular foods. The attention deficit flares up. I get kids that are highly reactive and they just go off the, the hook when they get exposed to some of these foods. And adults, I'm seeing attention <clears throat> issues. So we're having people all of a sudden feel like they have a foggy brain. They can't necessarily concentrate. Um, they get fatigue, lethargy, joint pain, all these different things that kind of people don't necessarily associate with food sensitivity reactions. So it's, it's kind of cryptic. It's really tough for people to diagnose. One of the best ways to get it diagnosed actually is to do a food elimination diet. It's to take the suspect foods out For a minimum of 28 days, add those foods back in and see how you feel. I'd have to say that's probably one of the most important clinical tools known to man when it comes to health disorders. Uh, Mark Hyman, he was lecturing in 2007. I was learning from him, and he said, look, to a room full of MDs. I had a Harvard graduate on my left, a Yale graduate on my right, and I'm hanging out with all these MDs. And he's saying to us all, he says, hey, if you guys don't have a nutritionist in your practice, you're not practicing medicine. He says, look, I cannot even see past so many complications that are associated with foods until I do these elimination diets with people. So everybody sees my nutritionist first. They put them on elimination diet. Once they've cleared out all those excessive symptoms of fatigue and joint pain and irritable bowel and everything through the elimination diet, then I can fine-tune. I can find out what's going on. How do we clear up the MS or how do we clear up the final endpoint of whatever it is we're looking at? But until we do an elimination diet and find all these curious food sensitivities, we're clueless. We don't really know where to start.
1: Well, that's, you've done a wonderful uh, job of describing this, and I always remind people it's not the food you avoid or do not like that bothers you. It's the food you eat crave and love and cannot do without. And yeah. so sometimes all I do is if somebody corners me at a party, I say, what's your favorite food? And, the, you know, it's usually something with gluten, something Mm-mm. with corn, soy or milk <laughs> products. Like- and I just say, this is quick and easy. Take X, Y and Z out and see how you feel. Some people actually get tears in the office, when I start going into that topic and then I say, that tells you right now, it's emotional reaction. That tells you that that food is what's making you sick. You're hitting yourself in the head with a hammer and showing up at the emergency room to get healed. (laughs) So stop hitting yourself in the head with a hammer. Uh Um, A lot of people don't realize how much control they have.
2: You know, that's, That's wonderful, and if if I could add a case study onto that, I had this two-year-old come into my office who had this terrible uh, asthma attacks, and prior to the asthma attacks, she would end up having um, mood issues, like she would just get super, super cranky. Mom didn't even know what to do with her. And I was like, oh my gosh, you know, what's going on? Well, immediately I said, well, asthma is often associated with dairy sensitivities in the literature, and via my case studies that I've had in the past, I've seen, you know, hundreds and hundreds of clients with similar issues. So, um, what do you say we take out dairy? Oh, no. Dairy's her favorite food. She could not live without dairy. Oh, okay. Yeah. And our allergist says that it's probably, you know, pet dander or dust or, you know, something else. So, we're just going to do that. So they went in and they changed, the, you know, and they, they, they went. They went nuts because they kept thinking that it was something other than the food. So they actually put new paint on the walls. They got reupholstered furniture that would be less dust because they were concerned there was something to do with dust or, or cat dander or pollen or something. So they, you know, they painted everything. They changed everything out. They spent $20,000 remodeling their house, getting air purifiers and everything. Never got better. Finally, they come back, you know, and it was like she had her tail between her legs like a dog coming in and saying, oh, okay, fine, then we'll try the dairy. And within two weeks, of course, you know, complete sinuses cleared up and, and lungs cleared up. She's never been back to children's with any sort of asthma issues whatsoever as long as she just stays off dairy. And now she's found out she has a gluten sensitivity as well, but she stays off those two things, and she doesn't have any issues.
1: Yeah, so, that, that is so repeated. I tell people, you know, there's a 70 to 90% Chance of getting over respiratory problems, sinus infections, even, you know, skin conditions, the dark circles under the eyes, by just eliminating. So uh, I'm glad you're explaining this so well.
2: Yeah, it's, it's, Really, Dana, I have to be candid with you and say it's probably the most important tool I think we have as humans in medicine. I mean, we're all walking around, and we're assuming that we can consume whatever we want, whenever we want. Some of the stuff is from halfway across the globe. Some of the stuff is genetically modified. Some of the stuff is pretty much unrecognizable because it's been treated with acids and alkali and all sorts of chemicals. And it's a different color that we're not familiar with because it's made of tartrazine or whatever the case is. We're assuming we can ingest all these things. And that our body should say, oh, that's fine. When you go to a zoo and you look at all the animals at a zoo, you would never feed an orangutan, a mountain gorilla's diet. You would never feed a giraffe, a tiger's diet. You know, we know that each individual animal needs certain foods and thrives off of it. What happens when you start feeding animals foods they're not supposed to get? Well, the animal trainers at the zoo will tell you they'll get behavioral disorders, digestive upset, and sometimes skin conditions.
1: You know oh. that you 're so correct on that, and the zoo if if you uh, talk to someone that works there, their cafeteria for the animals is a a science lab it 's organic yeah. it 's measured, they get the right nutrients, and what signs do you see everywhere now? Do not feed the birds, the animals, whatever it is, where you are it 's harmful to them.
2: <laughs> yeah. so why we're not correlating that for ourselves I'm not quite sure but really you know it's it's what food for one can be the poison for another is, is what I hear the quote saying by uh, Jeff Bland all the time and it's it's true you know it's really great it's incredible when you find the foods that work for your body and what I, what I tell people it's like look you can be on an energy dial, on a consciousness dial, on an awareness dial, on a, you know, a clear thinking dial at about a two all the time. And then all of a sudden you go on this elimination diet, you find out what foods are bugging you, you start bringing back some nutrients in you might be deficient in, and you can crank that dial up to a nine or a ten even. And people are just like, oh my gosh, you know, when they find these things and they get their nutritional status up, I hear people saying, oh my gosh, Tom, I feel 20 years younger. I feel like a new person. I mean, on the autistic spectrum with the children, we'll see them jump up two, three grade levels. It's just amazing once you find out, you know, these food sensitivities and these nutrient insufficiencies, how much better people can be because on a daily basis, from the time they wake up until the time they go to sleep, they're insulting their system by consuming foods it does not tolerate or it is sensitive to. So it's so important. And what we're getting to, Dana, what we just talked about is, look what happens. If you're irritating the upper intestinal tract, you're not getting in some of these very important nutrients for neurological development, for immune system function. So not only are you causing inflammation and irritation by eating those foods, but you're also leading yourself down a path of nutrient insufficiency. So you end up you know, with increased risks of all sorts of disorders, autoimmune diseases, bone density problems down the line. So it's real important to nip it in the bud from the beginning so you don't have these issues.
1: Yeah, this vicious cycle, uh, and it's very hard, as you said, for people to break it uh, when it's something they crave. And Tom, I find they argue with us uh, <laughs> like an alcoholic. Well, it's just one drink. You know, It's and it's everywhere. And no matter where you go, you know, the alcohol's there. No matter where you go, the milk's there. And, of course, that's a good food. So, folks, if you just tuned in, we're having a really good discussion with tom Voltaire, and we're talking about food sensitivities and intolerances nutritional deficiencies and we'll be right back with more of this discussion right after this break
3: mega food premium whole food supplements are the only supplements crafted from scratch with farm fresh whole foods to deliver nourishment the way nature intended mega food believes mother nature knows best they select only fresh whole food harvested at the peak of ripeness handle it gently and with care to deliver its vital essence to you in every bottle mega food from farm to tablet Our name is our promise. For more information, visit us online at megafood.com. Bridging the gap between
4: nutraceuticals and pharmaceuticals. That's the concept behind Zymogen's new exclusive and patented line of formulations, which utilize sophisticated delivery technologies to focus on specific molecular targets. The Zymogen EP line features Immunitix 3.6, a potent ingredient that has demonstrated a measurable ability to prime and enhance immune cell function. Applications include immune system support and support for. White blood cell recovery following radiation therapy and other bone marrow affecting treatments. Now available at Village Green Apothecary and online at myvillagegreen.com.
5: For over 10 years, Nordic Naturals has been the world leader in crafting omega 3 fish oils that are great for the body and for the planet. They work one on one with researchers and select fishermen to harvest only those fish species that are flourishing. With Nordic Naturals, you get all the benefits of omega 3 a strong heart, clear eyes, and flexible joints, plus the reassurance that their products are environmentally friendly. To learn more, visit Village Green Apothecary or visit NordicNaturals.com. Nordic Naturals, committed to the planet, committed to pure and great tasting omega oils.
6: Apothecary. Want to save money on vitamins, herbal remedies, and other health care needs?
7: Then visit Village Green Apothecary during the big summer sale. Now through July 21st, you can save big on vitamins, herbal remedies, and other nutritional products. Save 30% on the popular top quality Pathway brand. Save 25% on other supplements. And save 20% on body care products. At Village Green, they have just what you need for a healthier lifestyle. Stop by Village Green Apothecary's big summer sale. 5415 West cedar lane in bethesda maryland or shop online at myvillagegreen.com
1: welcome back listeners to today's final segment of the essentials of healthy living on 1500 am brought to you by village green apothecary at 5415 west cedar lane in bethesda maryland i'm dana lake and i alternate the show with dr kevin passaro and we bring you a lot of good information all about you and your health We are here every Sunday morning, and next Sunday, Kevin will interview Ginger Nash on eating for your blood type. You can uh, download the show. You can hear any show uh, through myvillagegreen.com. That's myvillagegreen.com. And a reminder, they've got a big sale at Village Green now through July 21st. 30% off Pathway Nutrition products, that's their own brand, 25% off other supplements, and 20% off body care products. Now, we've been talking with Tom Voltaire, who has his Master's of Science in Nutrition, certified nutritionist, lecturer, author, and a colleague. And we've been talking about this idea of food sensitivities and intolerances, nutritional deficiencies, and we're trying to give you the picture of this interplay that goes on when we have poor digestion for a variety of reasons, including eating the wrong foods, eating too quickly, uh, eating the wrong foods together, antacids, other medications. There are lots of things that interfere. We also talked about the fact that foods can damage the digestive tract, especially the upper bowel, the small intestine. Gluten and milk products are are the prime foods that people are intolerant to that get damaged. And soy and corn can also damage the tract, but really any food can, depending on the individual. So then the damaged GI tract... Doesn't work well, you maldigest, you don't absorb well, the nutrients don't get into the tissues, what I call the bank account of nutrients, now you've got nutritional deficiencies, that leads to everything from immune and autoimmune problems, cognitive issues, focus, attention, behavior, mood. Uh, many, many conditions, and Tom had also mentioned um, things that we wouldn't think of as being related to foods normally arthritis, pains, muscle pain, physical signs and symptoms. So, Tom, let's carry on our conversation. Um, about this connection with foods and the digestive tract and how foods affect us and how the digestive tract, once damaged, then develops more intolerances, vicious cycle that we called it.
2: Yeah, well, gosh, Dana, you, you just mentioned something that was fascinating to me. You mentioned arthritis, and, you know, the interesting research that's coming out now is looking at actually food sensitivities being the prime signal for rheumatoid arthritis and and chronic migraine headaches. So a lot of people aren't looking at foods for that, but I'll tell you what some of the immunologists and some of the researchers out there are finding that direct correlations. And we're talking about when you can't break up those food protein fragments, those peptides, enough, and then they get into the body, they can cause reactions with the immune system that leads to inflammation. The inflammation can manifest itself on the skin and the joints in the central nervous system in the brain causing mood disorders, behavioral problems, and whatnot. So that's, that's, that's huge. And, you know, we've we're talked about all these things about how, well, you're not able to break food down if your stomach's not working very well. You're not able to break food down if you don't have CCK secretion happening very well. Well, you know, the one piece that a lot of people are, are reading about these days, that's so important, is who's going to break these things down if you can't? So if right. you leave food fragments intact in your intestinal tract, you can't break them down. You're not breaking down peptides and, and allowing the amino acids available. So you end up with tryptophan deficiency, which then gives you insomnia, sleep problems, mood problems. You're not able to break down some of the carbohydrates. You're not able to break down the fats. You can't get in the, the fat soluble nutrients. Well, hmm, you've got, uh, you know, 2.2 plus pounds of trillions of buddies in your gut that are willing to do that for you. They're called your bacterium, they're called the fungus. You can have all of these organisms in there that normally would see these digested fragments, um, you know, that that it couldn't absorb. It would get absorbed into your body. But now since they're not absorbed into your body very well, some of them uh, are coming down and they're having to break them apart. So by having food sensitivities, by not having your digestive process work very well, you leave yourself susceptible to bacteriologic imbalances. You'll actually feed organisms with the undigested food, and they will flourish in an environment where they can survive off your food when you're not. So that's unfortunate. In fact, in the, you know, when I wrote a paper on the celiac population, we saw that certain strains of bacterium were completely out of balance. So you had certain Clostridium species that were higher, you had uh, the lower level of, of certain Bifidobacterium. So, yeah, it's, it's uh, unfortunate that that can actually lead to then, guess what? More food sensitivities and balances. Why? Because if you have bacteriologic infections, small intestinal bowel overgrowth that irritates the upper intestinal tract. If you irritate the upper intestinal tract, what does that do? It diminishes your ability to secrete digestive assistant hormones like CCK. And you, you can't absorb because the surface area is out of whack. And so it's a feed-forward cycle once again. You know, a lot of people forget some of the articles were written in 2004 from Nahum and Cell and, and, and New England Journal of Medicine, again with a follow-up, talking about You've got receptors on your intestinal tract waiting to see fragments of peptides from dead bacterium. They're waiting there, toll-like receptors. They're waiting there. And when you have adequate bacterium sitting in your intestinal tract, these little fragments will bind to these receptor sites and send a signal to your intestinal cells, everything is okay. Don't overreact. Everything's cool here. You know, we're throwing this great party. There's a lot of refined food. What we've got over here, we've got collard wraps with an almond pate, and we're drinking green tea, and and we're having this wonderful party. We have a bunch of civilized guests. And look who's here. You're seeing their presence right here on your receptor site. Everything's fine. Don't worry. Everything's taken care of in this intestinal tract. You know, we're going to have proper nutrient absorption. We're going to have proper digestion because we know these organisms are around. Well, the opposite happens. When the beneficial organisms are not in high enough concentration to have their little fragments bind to these receptor sites, the immune cell gets edgy. Uh, The the intestinal cells um, send these signals that say, alert and alarm, something's wrong out there, gang. I don't know what's happening. Are they, they must be serving uh, undigested, uh, you know, food out there because it's the equivalent of them serving like Cheetos and Schlitz beer, and all of a sudden we have a bunch of rowdy, you know, college students who are breaking stuff in the intestinal tract. You know, it's that kind of party going on in there. And all of a sudden, the intestinal cells, you know, they recognize this, and they see, oh, we're, we're missing the friendlies. They're not here. So we better upregulate our immune response. We better respond quickly and intensely to anything that happens then you become hypersensitive. You're more likely of having autoimmune diseases. You're more likely of overreacting to additional foods. So we got a food feed forward cycle.
1: I See like wrong- that. <laughs> food yeah. feed forward cycle. <laughs>
2: Say that 10 times fast, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's not something that it serves a lot of the population. And that's why we're seeing things like arthritis and chronic migraines and mood disorders and everything with these food sensitivity reactions. And you nailed on something earlier. You said, well, tell us the difference between allergy. And what... Everybody thinks of a food allergy. Hello, folks. This is not a food allergy. You cannot go into your allergy doctor and get this diagnosed. I'm seeing a lot of IgG, IgE panels coming back with, you know, some of the foods that people are reacting to saying they're not
1: reacting. Well, Tom, we are going to have you back because there's much more that we need to cover. And we are so sad to be at the end of of this show (laughs) And thank you for being with us.
2: Oh, absolutely. My pleasure. Anytime, Dana.
1: Okay. And thank you, listeners, for joining us on The Essentials of Healthy Living on 1500 AM. I want to remind you that you can access this show or any of the previous shows through myvillagegreen.com. Please remember, it's not the number of breaths you take. It's the moments that take your breath away. This is Dana Lake and Village Green, wishing each and every one of you good health and a breathtaking day.
0: Ah, the joy of commuting in Washington. Whether you work on the hill or outside of the Beltway, you know how stressful it is to get around. Stress can take a serious toll on your health, and Village Green Apothecary can help. We offer over 10,000 healthy living products, including top quality nutritional supplements, herbal remedies, and more. Our nutritionists and pharmacists are here to advise you about creating your very own individualized healthy living plan. Visit Village Green Apothecary in Bethesda, 5415 West Cedar Lane, or check out our website at myvillagegreen.com.